This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? In case you haven't heard, Blue Wire Studios just dropped their first original podcast, Golden Goal. The show gives you 10-minute episodes all about soccer legends and the moments that made them. Whether you're just learning about soccer for the first time or a diehard fan, this podcast is a great listen for everyone. The final two episodes are live right now, or binge on the entire season to learn about your favorite soccer stars. Check out Blue Wire's Golden Goal, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. You're now listening to the Destination Debbie Podcast. I present your host, Ray Garvin, the creator of Destination Debbie, and your go-to source for all things Debbie and college football. What is going on, Destination Debbie fam? Welcome back. This is the DDP, the Destination Debbie podcast. And yes, I have been gone for far, far too long. Have not been consistent. I'm not a consistent fantasy scorer for you right now. Got boom weeks, got some down weeks, but you know what? Damn it, I am back every single week. It is mid-July. It is time to kick it in high gear because despite the, the uncertainties with these NFL and college football seasons, it's time to get prepared. Rookie draft season waits for no man. Campus to Canton leagues waits for no man. But I've got to get you guys prepared. I got to bring you that heat. So we are back every single week, once a week, twice a week. And if I'm feeling frisky, I might give you three every single week. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But there's a lot going on right now. I mean, from the college football landscape, what's happening? Are we going to have a season? Is it going to be pushed back to the spring? Are the 2021 guys going to play? Or is anybody going to play? And then the NFL. Players want to play, but they're not happy with what the league is doing. The, are we going to have fans in the stands? Artificial noise. The, the Washington team name change. It's just chaos. Cam Newton's back in the NFL. It, it almost for, feels like we completely have forgot about this this heralded 2020 rookie draft class that we were so excited for for years to come because of all the other things that are going on across the National Football League. But I, I don't think there's anything quite like the Scott Fishbowl. That is the biggest thing that is going on or just now wrapping up for majority. I don't think there are any other teams that are still drafting right now, but Scott Fishbowl. Scott Fishbowl 10 and first and foremost, the cause that it's for donations for kids to have uh, for unfortunate children, you know, kids that aren't in these good situations to make, to bring a smile to their face at Christmas time, man. Really, that's really what it's all about. And we get to play in this tournament. There's no entry fee. So if you didn't make it, don't trip, chill out. You don't have to flip out on Twitter. And those of us who did just have fun with it, man. It's not, it is not do or die. It is not life and death. It is 
this is way bigger than fantasy teams and who wins and all that other good stuff. I mean, I don't even, you know, who, who cares at the end of the day? I mean, it's just, it's just a fantasy league and it's for a great cause, but it is sort of the talk of, of fantasy football Twitter right now because of some of the crazy scoring settings that Scott and Ryan McDowell created. Um, it's just an interesting, it's an interesting tournament. You've got over a thousand teams participating in this roster construction is all over the place. And this year, unlike last year, I did so much prep work last year for the Scott Fishbowl. I'm talking about articles, podcasts, mock drafts, Twitter groups, Slack groups, group chat groups. I was all over the place trying to prepare and my team was absolutely horrible horrible team just it it got to a point where I was like this is this is embarrassing he Scott's not even going to let me back in next year even if I apply so this year I took a completely different approach and I did no mock draft prep the only podcast I listened to was the show that Ryan McDowell and Scott Fish did uh, on their commissioner podcast on the DLF family podcast Uh, that's all I really listened to and then you you hear different strategies you see different strategies being on the Twitter space and all that other good stuff. So I know robust RB was a big thing. Getting quarterbacks with high completion percentage because of the scoring. You don't want those quarterbacks throwing a bunch of incomplete passes, taking a bunch of sacks. Wide receiver apparently did not matter in this in this format. But I, I, I you see all that stuff, but the implementation when the draft actually starts, it's a completely different thing. So I was in the Viewmaster division. And we're going to run through some of my favorite picks off of my team and, and hopefully you guys give me some feedback off of this. But I had the 101 in the Viewmaster division, and that was probably the least uh, exciting pick, or it was really exciting, but there was no kind of, uh, you know, tipping my hand or trying to, you know, keep it close to the vest. It was Christian McCaffrey, CMC, you know, 101 across the board. I saw some people that took Pat Mahomes. I think I saw Lamar Jackson go 101 a couple of times, but CMC was the guy for me at the 101 spot. And then I followed that up because of the format. I wanted to get a quarterback who is going to have a high completion percentage. And we kind of forget that a couple of years ago, I mean, Carson Wentz was a freaking MVP candidate. And back to the 101 pick. So when you're picking at the turn for first and foremost, like it's, it's a gift and a curse because yes, while I secure Christian McCaffrey, when you're at the turn, you have to sort of predict what's going to happen. And hopefully with those selections, you might be able to start a run. You might clean up the last little bit that's there off of a run, but you're almost forced to quote unquote reach a little bit. So at 212, I went uh, Carson Wentz, uh, double tap quarterback, Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson. I wanted to get some high upside. I get the safety net of Carson Wentz. He's got a high completion percentage, offers a little bit of rushing upside. You know, his weapons are better this year, I guess, with Jalen Rager, the addition of Rager. And then you still have Ertz and, and Dallas Goddard, high completion percentage guys. Miles Sanders gets you some of those dump offs out of the backfield, but an, an efficient offense. And I believe he was one of the least sack quarterbacks because you do get negative points for for quarterbacks taking sacks. So I wanted to be insulated there and still have the upside with Carson Wentz. And then Deshaun Watson, while, you know, Carson Wentz is a little safer from his offensive line, Deshaun Watson is the counter opposite. I think he was one of the league leaders in sacks, but the upside that you get from a Deshaun Watson, right? He's going to have those weeks where he absolutely blows up and you're just hoping that the weeks where he completely stinks that Christian McCaffrey can pick up the slack. So CMC, double tack quarterback, 
Wentz, Watson. And what that did was it freed up the rest of like the next 10 picks that I made because I didn't have to worry about quarterback. You know, looking back on this, yes, I would have loved to have waited for Teddy Bridgewater or a Kirk Cousins, but I feel like at the 212 and the 301, the value was there, at least in my draft. I saw some people be able to get Carson Wentz in the fourth round and I'm just looking like, oh my God, how? But then they see some players that I took and we're like, how the hell did you get him that late? So after that 412, I know wide receiver didn't matter. But at the end of the fourth, to get Kenny Galladay, who legitimately has top five upside this season, I wanted a piece of that on my team. And then I went running back, Le'Veon Bell, New York Jets. He was off the board as RB21 uh, when I drafted him, which I thought was insane value for probably a, a bona fide workhorse this year. Volume and opportunity is king. And Le'Veon Bell, probably his final year in New York, is going to get that volume. You know, he, he offers that upside in, as, a, as a half point PPR guy. And then just a bell cow carrying the ball, getting that workload, followed that up with Kareem Hunt. I love Kareem Hunt. He was my RB3 off of the board as RB27. Gives you that rushing upside and the receiving capability, especially if if what is being talked about out of Cleveland with him maybe operating as that third wide receiver, the upside for Hunt is huge. It's enormous. And on the off chance that he's traded midseason to a contending team where he can earn that feature back role, again, as RB27 at the 612 spot, I thought Kareem Hunt was a smash. So at this point, I'm feeling good. Running back, CMC, Lev Bell, Kareem Hunt, wide receiver, Kenny Galladay, and then my two quarterbacks locked up. I still have yet to take a tight end. And at 701 after Kareem Hunt, I didn't take a tight end again. I went with Keenan Allen. So I'm feeling good. Kenny Galladay and Keenan Allen, you know, possession wide receiver right there. The wide receiver one. Tyrod Taylor is probably going to lean on Keenan Allen. And even if it's Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen is going to get some of that volume, a lot of that volume for that Chargers, for that Chargers offense. At 8-12 and 9-01, I finally hit the tight end. Tight ends get big bonuses in this format. And I took Hunter Henry and Tyler Higby. Double tap tight end there. Tight end eight was Henry. Tight end nine was Higby. You know, a lot of people are a little down on Higby for because of the Gerald Everett situation and 12 personnel and whenever it splits whenever it was in the lineup and when Higby was in the lineup together but I'm just uh, at, at, at 901 I needed another tight end and Higby was not going to make it back to me in 23 picks at the 10 12 so I had to do what I had to do and I took Tyler Higby there so I'm feeling really really good about my team at this point and then one of my favorite picks in this draft was Jordan Howard as RB36 at the 10-12 spot. Jordan Howard is going to lead, barring health, he's going to leave, lead Miami in rushing attempts and rushing yards. I know Matt Breida's there. We like Matt Breida, but Matt Breida, he's not Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is a first, second down grinder that has uh, questionable hands out of the backfield, but if you dump it to him a couple of times, he can make some plays uh, out there. He's not an old running back. I think he's 25 years old, so to get Miami's number one running back at the 10-12 spot, I'm feeling really good even though I didn't go heavy RB robust RB like I saw some people start out four five six straight running backs you know I was just taking the value it was just I'm taking the best player available on the board when I get up to draft and I'm not overreaching for anybody and you know at the 10 12 spot Jordan Howard 
I love my 1101 pick and I saw him going round 13, round 14 in a lot of other drafts, but Jalen Rager, I wanted the Wentz Rager stack. So if, if Rager is what I believe him to be in Philadelphia's offense this year, there's a really good chance sooner rather than later. He's the wide receiver one on that team, whether that's out of necessity or out of production to have him, the home run threat that he is with Carson Wentz. I think that's a beautiful pairing and sneaky sneaky upside where I can get those boom weeks out of Wentz and Rager in that stack so I really loved him as my wide receiver three at the 12-12 spot took my third quarterback Dwayne Haskins out of Washington and then 301 Marlon Mack I'm at 1301 Marlon Mack is RB 46 now I know that the Indianapolis coach just drafted one of the greatest college running backs in, in in history in Jonathan Taylor but he is not going to just take over that backfield from day one. Marlon Mack is still going to be involved in that offense, and it wouldn't surprise me if for this season he led that team in rushing attempts. He led that team in rushing yards. Now, Jonathan Taylor is unquestionably the future of that Indianapolis offense, but I just don't foresee a situation where Marlon Mack is relegated to the bench. If anybody's hurt, it's Naheem Hines, right? Marlon Mack is still going to see volume and opportunity, and as my fifth running back at 1301, I thought that was a pretty damn good pick. Followed that up with two wide receivers, Robbie Anderson and Golden Tate. Golden Tate, you know, I asked a question on Twitter a couple of weeks ago. Who's the RB, the wide receiver one for the New York Giants? And a lot of people say Darius Slayton, but it very well could be Golden Tate. They didn't bring any receiving competition. It's Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate, and Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton, the field stretching X, Golden Tate playing in that slot. You know, Sterling Shepard doing what Sterling Shepard does every year, which is not much of anything. There's a good chance that Golden Tate leads that team in targets, leads that team in targets and receiving yards. He's still young. He's talented. And as wide receiver 61, I will take it. Follow that up with OJ Howard, Paris Campbell is all upside plays. Now, Paris Campbell, Anthony McFarland, John Ross, Devin Funches, DJ Dallas at the 2101 as RB72. Love that fit in Seattle. Chris Carson, big physical runner. We don't know what's happening with Rashad Penny and his recovery and then you've got Travis Homer DJ Dallas he could be in line you know when, when I'm late I'm looking for these players who can have like the biggest stock value rise in fantasy and it's the running back position I mean we we see it every single year when players get hurt towards the end of the season like we blow our fab to get some of these no-name running backs there's good so go ahead and secure a DJ Dallas here is the 72nd ranked running back off of the board here at my second to last pick. I thought that was fair. And then my last pick uh, took Lamar Miller as RB82. Lamar Miller is currently not on a team, but he's still not an old decrepit running back. He's recovering from an injury, looks good in those training videos, and I can definitely foresee a situation to where he's called up to a team to, to help a whether that be an injury or whatever the case may be. He's just a late round dart throw with Lamar Miller. So uh, my team, CMC, Watson, Wentz, Galladay, Bell, Hunt, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Tyler Higby, Jordan Howard, Rager, Haskins, Mack, Robbie Anderson, Golden Tate, OJ Howard, Paris Campbell, A. Mack, John Ross, Devin Funches, DJ Dallas, and Lamar Miller. So I feel good about it, right? I, everyone feels good about their damn team right after the draft, but I, I feel really good about 
about this roster that I put together. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it how it stacks up against all of the other different roster constructions that the Scott Fishbowl brings on. But I'll tell you what, it's the best damn team in the Viewmaster division. So Ray GQ is taking that home, baby, taking it home. It's it's fun. And, you know, another fun league that's sort of running rampant over Twitter right now are Devi Leagues. Devi Leagues and C2C Leagues Campus to Canton. Uh, this is the next big thing, you guys. If you're not participating in a Devi League, you're tripping. If you're not in a C2C League, th- that's like the next evolution of Debbie Degenerates. It's Campus to Canton Leagues. And what that is, is you play and draft, you know, 45, 50 round college uh, draft, uh, all division one schools, 132 schools, 133 schools. You're drafting your team. And once those guys are drafted or if they're drafted or signed as undrafted free agents, they automatically are added to your NFL roster. So you've got an NFL roster, You've got a college roster. You play a college season. You play a fantasy football season on the NFL side. And when those guys are drafted, they move over to your team. It is fun as hell because of what you do and the different strategies in your C2C league. So sometimes on the NFL side, I'm I'm in a campus to Canton league where I just drafted as many rookies as possible. Joe Burrow, Jordan Love, Justin Herbert, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, CeeDee Lamb. Every rookie that I can think of, I just took rookies. Like I completely, I'm punting the NFL side and I loaded up on talent on the collegiate side. So that way, you know, it's a long play, two, three years down the line. Ideally, I am going to have a young juggernaut of a team on the NFL side once Jamar Chase and Kyle Pitts and those players that I took on the collegiate side transfer on to the NFL. I'm hoping that I have this monster of a team for the foreseeable future, but they are so freaking fun. And Debbie, leagues, man. Everybody is talking about Debbie leagues right now. Where do I find Debbie leagues? Where can I get Debbie leagues? I know that Scott Fish and Ryan McDowell are working on some things for safe leagues, some intro to Debbie leagues. That would be really fun. But I'm telling you right now, the best Debbie community on the face of this planet. I'm not just saying it. I'm telling you the services that are offered on the Patreon account of Destination Debbie are bar none. They they are second to none. Patreon.com for slash all gas. Beautiful. Go to my Twitter account. Uh, I tweeted out our Campus to Canton custom league page. We use college football legends. It's beautiful. I can just stare at it all day. I don't even need to play. I just need to look at it. But the Discord community, the Debbie rankings, the database that is created in there, and, and it's mobile, right? It's not a PDF. It's not a website. It's literally in your pocket. Player profiles, film notes, cut up notes, high school notes, all kinds of things for these players 175 deep on the Debbie side cornerstone rankings are there it is a fantastic service and the people in that community the people in the chat that engage day in and day out I've got I've got patrons from France from Brazil from Scotland from Germany and they're all on there all day every day talking trades talking dynasty values you know it there's we do live streams every Saturday we just live streamed about Jarrett Patterson, the running back out of Buffalo, his name preseason first team All-American by Walter Camp to kind of talk about these guys, because there if there is no college season, you're going to have to get your information from somewhere. And who better to get it from than Destination Debbie? We are bringing you that heat rock, regardless if there's a college season or not. There's a big chance that there's a lot of those players that may not play, especially if the season is pushed back to the spring. 
rookie draft season waits for no one. So do yourself a favor. Seven bucks. Try it out for a month. If you don't like it, cancel. You won't hurt my feelings. But I promise you, the community engagement, what you're getting out of these rankings, you've never seen anything like it. It has never been more interactive. There have never been more work put in behind the scenes to make this as easy as possible for you to Devi and Dynasty better. Patreon.com forward slash all gas. I promise you, you will not regret it. In Dynasty, it is critical, critical to have your foundational players solidified. You need to have your foundation, a good base before you build the rest of your house. Can't just put a damn roof on nothing. You got to have your foundational players in place on your roster identified. You need to know what you're going to do. And today we are going to dive into my top 12 cornerstone players. That's right. Cornerstone rankings, probably the most important rankings in dynasty, especially for those of you starting out your dynasty journey. Now, what are cornerstone rankings? Well, they are the foundation of your dynasty team. So what we look at with cornerstone rankings, what I look at are the incoming rookies. So for example, what we're going to be talking about today are the incoming 2020 rookies. You want to look at the best players from that 2020 class and you want to compare them to the previous year's rookies. So the 2019 class, Kyler Murray and David Montgomery, Miles Sanders. And then you also want to take a look at them in comparison to the upcoming class, the 2021 class, Jamar Chase, Rashad Bateman, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris. So you've got a three class group 2019 2020 2021 next year we'll take a look at 2020 2021 and 2022 so every year you're looking at these players in groups of a three-year window that way when you're starting out and you're trying to evaluate how does the 2020 class stack up to 2021 or how do they stack up to 2019 you've got a good idea of your foundational pieces your core players in dynasty and that is why that is why cornerstone rankings are of critical, critical importance. And I always look at them, refer back to them. And, and there's a lot of thought and care that go into these rankings. You don't just slap players on there haphazardly has to make sense. So these top 12, these top 12 players, we're just going to assume this is the super flex format because that is like the most popular position, the most popular league format that people play in. I mean, one quarterback leagues, yuck, see a lot of two QB, but super flex format. So when we get into this, we're going to work our way from 12 to one. This is going to be a very informative show. If you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel, make sure you do that. The video content is fire. I promise you absolute flames, but we are going to jump into those cornerstone rankings right now. So at number 12, Ron Dell Moore, class of 2021 wide receiver out of Purdue University, five foot nine, hundred and eighty one eighty five. He is a rising junior this season and Rondell Moore for his career, 143 catches, 1645 yards, 14 TDs, 24 carries, 216 yards and two touchdowns. And a lot of people just forget, they forget how dynamic and how special Rondell Moore was as a true freshman at Purdue. From the time that he stepped on the field, this dude was dominant. Over 1,200 receiving yards, over 110 receptions as a true freshman, set multiple Big Ten records, Purdue records. Rondell Moore was a 2,000-yard 
player as a true freshman. He actually won the Paul Horning Award as the nation's most versatile player in college football. And the company that he was in with that award, Odell Beckham Jr., Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, just to name a few players who are also recipients of that award. Rondell Moore has that type of talent. He's not Saquon Barkley. He's not a running back. He's not Christian McCaffrey. I have said, maintained, and still believe true that Rondell Moore is a more explosive version of Steve Smith. And Steve Smith was absolutely dynamic. Smaller, statured kind of guy coming out of Utah. Steve Smith was was dynamite for the Carolina Panthers. Went on, balled out for the Baltimore Ravens. But that is who Rondell Moore reminds me of. He can beat you at wide receiver. He can beat you out of the backfield. He can shred you in the return game. He is an all purpose weapon. And yes, number 12, I have him as my 12th best cornerstone player. I truly believe in the talent. I do not care about a size. Everyone talks about, oh, he's just 5'9". He's just 5'9". He's 5'9", and he's built. The dude is a brick house, a 500-plus pound squatter. His videos are legendary. This kid works his ass off. All you see is Rondell Moore grinding, and he was on a tear to the start of the 2019 season before he hurt his knee versus Minnesota, and by all accounts, everything that I heard, he could have come back and played, but he made the business decision, and I can't knock him for that because he does have a future outside of college, and I mean, look at what's happening in college football right now. I don't blame him for sitting out, but because he didn't play majority of the 2019 season, it's almost like he was a distant memory out of sight out of mind Rondell Moore is dynamic this kid can do it all he's a hard worker he's talented I'm not concerned about the size we saw Marquise Hollywood Brown be the first wide receiver taken in the NFL draft at 5'9 160 pounds didn't run at a pro day had a foot injury when he was entering the draft Andy Isabella drafted before DK Metcalf I'm not concerned about a size if he checks in at five foot six then yes, we'll have a conversation. But at 5'9", I I am not concerned about Rondell Moore in college, and I am not concerned about him for the NFL draft. He is my wide receiver one in the 2021 class. So right here at number 12, my 12th ranked cornerstone player, Rondell Moore, wide receiver from Purdue. All right, coming in at number 11, the newest member of the Dallas Cowboys, C.D. Lamb, former Oklahoma Sooners wide receiver. Absolutely dynamic. I've said it multiple occasions. He's been the best wide receiver. He was the best wide receiver on that Oklahoma team from his freshman season. He was better than Marquise Hollywood Brown as an overall wide receiver. As a true freshman, he was better than him in his sophomore season. And then in his junior season, all he did was produce 800 yards, 1,100 yards, 1,300 yards, and never ever exceeded 65 receptions on the season because Oklahoma has had dual threat quarterbacks ever since Baker Mayfield left. Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, both of those guys, thousand yard rushers in that Oklahoma offense. But CeeDee Lamb was able to produce, he was able to thrive, and he was able to ball out. And now he goes to the Dallas Cowboys with a very explosive offense. Amari Cooper on one side, you still have Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Blake Jarwin, Zeke Elliott, and oh, not not to mention, you've got Mike McCarthy 
is a head coach who's had history of utilizing multiple wide receivers in that quarterback Dak Prescott back there. So CeeDee Lamb, what I tell everybody is I am not concerned about elite players in elite offenses. And CeeDee Lamb is an elite player. Yards per reception, CeeDee Lamb is a yak monster, 96th percentile. That is ridiculous. 21, almost 21 and a half yards a catch. And then his dominator rating at 38.1%. CeeDee Lamb is a dog. CeeDee Lamb is good. He's got the 88 in Dallas. And there are very few receivers in Dynasty when you're looking at this three-year gap that I'd want over CeeDee Lamb. He is a Pro Bowl caliber type wide receiver, tethered to a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback, at least for now. Dallas, you may have screwed up not paying Dak, but CeeDee Lamb at number 11, definitely one of those cornerstone players that I want to have on my roster that you guys should be excited for from his rookie season all the way on. This dude is going to be nasty at the next level. CeeDee Lamb, number 11th ranked cornerstone player. All right, checking in at number 10, let's dive into the running back pool and talk about Baltimore Ravens rusher J.K. Dobbins, the second round pick out of Ohio State. Listen, Dobbins was a highly decorated high school recruit out of Texas, one of the best spark scores at one of those Nike openings that we've ever seen. Just a ridiculous athlete. I know we weren't able to see him test at the uh, the NFL Combine, but nobody is concerned about the athleticism that J.K. Dobbins possesses, and nobody should be concerned about him as a running back because of the production that he put up at Ohio State as a true freshman busted out for over as a true freshman at Ohio State he rocked the house with over 1400 rushing yards 1400 rushing yards and eight TDs while catching 22 receptions as a true freshman then a sophomore season took a little bit of a dip still had over a thousand yards rushing on the ground 26 receptions so we're seeing that 20 reception threshold that 20 reception threshold And then people were a little bit skeptical of J.K. Dobbins, even me coming into this past 2019 season. And all he did was absolutely knock it out of the park with over 2000 rushing yards, caught another 23 passes in 23 total touchdowns. And now he's gets he gets to play in that Baltimore offense with the reigning NFL MVP, Lamar Jackson, who just set the NFL record for rushing yards by quarterback. How do you stop it? I mean, how do you stop it? And it's not just that you've got Marquise Brown stretching the field. People are expecting big things out of Miles Boykin. They drafted Devin DuVernay. Oh, and then you have one of the top three young tight ends in the NFL in Mark Andrews. This offense is filthy and J.K. Dobbins is going to be the lead guy sooner rather than later. If we're talking about Dobbins as a top five running back in Dynasty after heading into the 2021 season, I wouldn't be shocked whatsoever with that offense, with Lamar Jackson, his production and size at five foot ten, two hundred. 10 pounds. J.K. Dobbin wheels up, especially Mark Ingram getting older. And again, I just keep harping on the Konami Code quarterback. That is Lamar Jackson. J.K. Dobbins is one of the highly rated players in my cornerstone rankings. Hence the reason he's sitting at number 10. All right, at number nine, let's go to the Pacific Northwest and talk about the big monster that is DK Metcalf. Yes, DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson's wide receiver one for the Seattle Seahawks in 2020. Book it. DK is coming off of a 58 catch, 900 yard, 7 TD rookie season, and he really seemed to find his stride late. But when you're talking about a size, speed, specimen. It is DK Metcalf. The kid looks like he's built in a lab at 6'3", 230, 
4-3-3, 40-yard dash, 99th percentile speed score, 97th percentile burst score, according to Player Profiler. Best comparable to Andre Johnson. And he gets to play with a Hall of Fame quarterback in Russell Wilson. He's tethered to that. DK, it you, you guys should be expecting, we should be expecting 1,200 plus yards this season from DK Metcalf. You know, the big concern around him was, well, he didn't really produce because he couldn't stay on the field and he goes to Seattle and they don't throw the ball a lot. He's 6'3", 230. 6'3", 230 in Russell Wilson. They've got a strong running back in Chris Carson, so there's a threat there on the ground. You've got Tyler Lockett on one side of the field. They bring in a Greg Olson at tight end. It's wheels up for DK Metcalf. It is wheels up for DK Metcalf. And spare me the, well, he can't really, his agility and his slant routes don't look that good. Who cares? Stop it. 900 yards as a rookie tethered to a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's all you need to know. And he wasn't even utilized and productive in the red zone. So we can only expect another step forward for DK Metcalf. I'm taking him over CeeDee Lamb. I'm taking him over Rager. I'm taking him over Rondell Moore. It's coming in at number nine, this is somebody that you can definitely use on your team as one of those building blocks at the wide receiver position. DK is still young. He's still learning the position. This was his first year playing the full season, probably since high school. So you're talking about just an ultra athletic, uber talented player in an offense that wants to feature him more. DK Metcalf is that foundational piece for your dynasty team. Now, let's get a little spicy here at number eight, because I know a lot of people were not happy with this landing spot after the NFL draft, but I don't care. Talent over the landing spot and the talent of DeAndre Swift warrants him being ranked the number three running back in the 2020 class. Listen, D Swift can do it all. I know Matt Patricia. I know. I get it. I get it. But who does he have to beat out? Carry on Johnson? I mean, yes, we want carry on to be a thing. Carrion doesn't even want to be a bell cow. He, he, he said it out of his mouth. I'm, I'm best used as a complimentary back. Well, you got your wish because they spent very high draft capital on DeAndre Swift, who's a better running back than Carrion Johnson. Like, I'm just going to say it. I know Johnson has shown flashes at the NFL level, but your best ability is your availability, and the dude is not reliable. He's been hurt the past two seasons. They spent a high second-round pick, like the first pick in the second round or the second pick after T. Higgins in the second round on DeAndre Swift. And you're talking about a running back who can do it all, who can catch the ball in the backfield, who can bang between the tackles, who did show that 4-4 speed at the NFL Combine, who played in the backfield with Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle back to back thousand yard seasons. DeAndre Swift is everything that you want in a running back. And I'm telling you, people who pass on Swift because of the Detroit landing spot, they're going to be kicking themselves in the backside in a couple of years saying, dang, I had that dude in my crosshairs and I let him fall to the mid first to the late first. I, I got him in my home league at the 110, 111 spot. I mean, that's, that's, that's found money right there. I am not concerned. Again, elite players. This is not an elite offense, but no Theo Riddick. Matt Stafford is there. Marvin Jones on one side, Kenny Galladay, and then you've got one of the best young tight ends, TJ Hawkinson, who's good in the blocking game, and he's a threat as a downfield receiver. 
it wouldn't shock me if by the end of the season we're like, he's the guy. DeAndre Swift is the RB1 in that backfield. He is the RB1 on that team, and he is an RB1 for your dynasty teams as far as a building block is concerned. So right here at number eight, DeAndre Swift. Love him, love him, love him. Not worried about the landing spot. Not concerned. Swift is going to be a monster for fantasy for years to come. All right, coming in at number seven, Josh Jacobs, running back for the Las Vegas Raiders, was the Raiders' first round pick last year in 2019 out of Alabama, even though he never really showed, it's not even really, he never showed that feature back workload. He split time with Najee Harris and Damian Harris and was better utilized as kind of like that third down receiving back, which makes his receiving usage for the Raiders even more just puzzling. The fact that he only got 20 passes for 166 yards is a great. And John Gruden, I don't know what's going on there, but get Josh Jacobs involved in the receiving game. They got Jalen Richard there. They did draft Lynn Bowden Jr., the dual threat running back wide receiver hybrid out of Kentucky. But Josh Jacobs, over 1,100 yards on the ground as a rookie, battled a little bit of injuries with a shoulder and things like that. But man, he's such a talented running back. And if they can get him more involved in the receiving game, I mean, you're talking about a top seven dynasty running back maybe maybe if not higher because he is such a talented player dripping with potential that you know this was his first year probably since high school actually seeing that feature back role that feature back workload because he did not see that at Alabama he was gently used he does have a ton of cliche tread left on the tire but Josh Jacobs with one of the best offensive lines in football and hopefully with more receiving weapons on the outside the addition of Henry Ruggs Brian Edwards the evolution of Darren Waller Hunter Renfro out of the slot Derek Carr's ability to potentially open up down field can create even more running lanes for Josh Jacobs in 2020. Jacobs is a productive runner. He runs hard. He's explosive. He's got great agility and contact balance. I would be just fine having him as my RB1 on any dynasty roster and to get a player with his skill set. You know, we we talk about what it will if Derrick Henry can only catch more passes. Yes, but that's probably not going to happen. But when we say that for a player like Josh Jacobs, that is definitely within his range of outcomes. And there's no reason why Josh Jacobs can't be a 12, 1300 yard rusher. And then you chip in another 50 receptions. He's elite at that point. That's the type of talent that he has. That's the type of running back Josh Jacobs is. And if you're starting out your dynasty franchise, he is one of the top cornerstone players that you can get. Josh Jacobs, number seven. Now, before we jump into number six, let's remember that sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite sports teams and events and there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners bet online get in on the action for this week's big ufc fight or check out the odds on nascar formula one in the premier league can't wait for your team to come back bet online has future odds including win totals division winners and even league championships or check out the daily simulations of madden and nba 2k to watch and wager on visit betonline.ag and use promo code blue wire to receive your new welcome bonus that's promo code blue wire bet online your online wagering experts 
at number six, let's talk about Mr. C.E.H. Clyde Edwards E. Lair. First round pick of the Kansas City Chiefs taken at 132 by the defending champs, the reigning champs, the KC Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Big Deal, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Yuck, McCall Hardman, Andy Reid. It's wheels up, C.E.H. You know, I, you know, I struggled with this one. I actually moved him down a spot from number five, but Clyde Edwards E. Lair is in a, is in a prime prime situation to absolutely smash this year next year the year after listen i don't like doing high-end comps but i mean he's gonna be brian he's gonna be brian westbrook and if not maybe even a little bit better than brian westbrook who is an absolute monster he's he's just got he's got the talent he lands in the perfect situation and i i truly flip-flop between him being the rb1 in the 21 class in the 2020 class and the r or the rb2 either way it's it's heads or tails you can't lose you it's it's just beautiful patrick mahomes clyde edwards Lair, and andy reed are going to make beautiful sweet music beautiful sweet music in 2020 in 2021 in 2022 and three and four and five and six it is going to be fun and i hope you've got some clyde edwards Lair. and it's crazy and this is this is the thing with debbie man nobody was talking about ceh coming into the beginning of the season i've even said it that i thought he was going to be replaced by week five by john emory jr big wolf by me that was a miss of epic proportions but i wasn't the only one who missed on that one nobody saw that coming but what we do see is the draft capital. We do see the landing spot and we do see his skill set over 1400 yards on the ground at LSU. Combine that with 55 receptions. Now I know the greatest offensive team in college football history. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But I also see Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in Kansas City and his skill set and his ability to make defenders miss in tight spaces, his ability to be utilized all over the field in the receiving game, and then his ability as a rusher, his power, his explosiveness, his elusiveness, his vision. Clyde Edwards-Elair in that Kansas City Chiefs offense, it might even be egregious to have him at number six, but I just can't put him in the top five. I moved him down today. Number five, there's got to be a special player. There's got to be some special players to keep CEH in his situation out of that top five, and I believe there are, but he is definitely a foundational building block for dynasty teams. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, number six in my cornerstone rankings. All right, it's top five time at number five, Miles Sanders, running back Philadelphia Eagles, part of that 2019 draft class. Sanders was a beast. Sanders was a beast, and he wasn't even utilized as a feature back in 2019. They still had Jordan Howard there, and then Boston Scott was getting run. But you're talking about a running back over 800 rushing yards, over 500 receiving yards as a rookie. I don't want to go this far. I I don't want to go this far, but he's definitely one of those players where I can see him being a candidate for a thousand, a thousand, you know, thousand rushing, thousand receiving. I don't know if he'll ever get the, the target volume that Christian McCaffrey got, especially in 2019. But if you're talking about a player with that type of capability, with that type of skill set in an offense that can help yield that Miles Sanders is in that situation following up Saquon Barkley at Penn State. He dominated in his final season 
season in Happy Valley, drafted in the second round by the Eagles. A lot of people had him as RB1. RB1, RB2, you still had David Montgomery there, but it has the cream has definitely floated to the top of that Frappuccino. I think Frappuccino cream is at the top. I don't know. I just drank my coffee black. But Miles Sanders is absolutely dynamic. And yes, I moved him from six to five because there's no way. Here's here's the thing with cornerstone rankings. You're, You're projecting what these players will be in the future, but you also have to take into account what these players have done in the NFL. And what I've seen out of Miles Sanders, it would be it would be hard pressed for me to put an incoming rookie over him, which I do have one, but that one is special. But I could not put Clyde Edwards Lair over Miles Sanders in these rankings. Miles Sanders is going to be a locked and loaded. I mean, he's a first round pick in Dynasty right now. Should be a first round pick back into the first, early second round pick in Dynasty. He's a stud. He's got versatile skill set, a TDT, a three down threat. Miles Sanders, number five. All right, at number four from the 2019 draft class, Mr. A.J. Brown, wide receiver, the Tennessee Titans. And when you talk about efficiency, oh my gosh, A.J. Brown was literally like the most efficient wide receiver in 2019. Now, will he repeat that level of efficiency? Uh, Probably not. But what he did as a rookie was absolutely outstanding. You're talking about he only played 72% of the snaps, which was 65th in the NFL for the wide receivers, but 52% receptions over a thousand yards 1051 yards which ranked 21st in the NFL completed air yards 604 yards after catch this is where AJ Brown made his hay 447 which was sixth in the league efficiency yards per reception number three at 20.2 yards per target 12.5 number two in the league yards per route run 3.46 which was number two in the league I mean him and Ryan Tannehill were just clicking. They were on the same wavelength and once he got under center it was wheels up for A.J. Brown who looks like a damn tank running with the football in his hands. I mean it was him and D.K. Metcalf were on the same team and Ole Miss stunk. It it just that that just blows my mind but in Dynasty A.J. Brown we saw his price like seed super high right and now it's kind of it's kind of been falling back a little bit and I am all about acquiring me some A.J. Brown. He is a locked and loaded alpha. He is going to be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL for a, the foreseeable future. When we're talking about kind of ushering out some of the old players and that influx of new talent, A.J. Brown is definitely that influx of new talent. He is dynamic. My number one ranked cornerstone wide receiver and that will not be changing anytime soon. AJ Brown, even though he may not duplicate and replicate that efficiency, him walking into 2020 as the unquestioned number number one wide receiver for that team. Spare me the Corey Davis stuff. Do not do not comment. Don't tweet at me about the ninth year breakout for Corey Davis incoming. They just locked up Derrick Henry, so we already know they've got a sledgehammer in the backfield that defenses are going to have to account for. You've got the ultra-athletic tight end in Jonu Smith, who a lot of people think that he's going to take a step forward. So when you're talking about just that alpha wide receiver, A.J. Brown, my number one ranked wide receiver in my cornerstone rankings and a locked and loaded number one wide receiver in Dynasty.
All right, here we are, the top three players in my cornerstone rankings. And I've got a rookie as the top rated skill position player. What the hell am I doing? What am I doing? I think I'm doing it right because it's Jonathan Taylor, my number one running back in the 2020 class. I went back and forth, JTCH, JTCH. Give me the one of the most prolific rushers in college football history. I don't need to go over the accolades. I don't need to go over what he did, his stats, his production. Look it up if you don't know who Jonathan Taylor is. We just talked about him for eight months during rookie draft season. Jonathan Taylor is a stud, and then he lands with the Indianapolis Colts, led by all-pro guard Quentin Nelson. They've got Ryan Kelly there, Anthony Costanzo. Yes, he's, he's. I mean, we talked about how good of a situation that Clyde Edwards Elaire lands in. Jonathan Taylor's in a great one himself. The, the, the difference is Kansas City's got Patrick Mahomes and the Colts have the corpse of Phillip Rivers. Uh, yeah, not feeling that. Marlon Mack is still there. Marlon Mack will see volume. But when you're talking about cornerstone for the long term, Jonathan Taylor is Nick Chubb, but better. <laughs> he's Nick Chubb, but better. And Nick Chubb is ridiculous, right? Uh, he's Nick Chubb without the the, the knee history the, with Nick Chubb tearing up his ACL at Georgia. He's Nick Chubb. He's bigger. He ran a faster time. He's an athletic freak for him to go out there and do what he did at the combine at his size, at his weight. The, it, but we didn't even need to see the combine. I mean, from the time that he stepped foot on on uh, on a collegiate field at Wisconsin, he was damn near a two thousand yard rusher. I, I, one of the greatest running backs in college football history, declared after his junior season, goes to the combine, crushes that, gets the draft capital. It's a second round pick. He's a rookie that I'm willing to bank on, even if we don't see the elite production as a rookie. There's no doubt in my mind that heading into the 2021 NFL season, Jonathan Taylor's the number one running back in Indianapolis. Marlon Mack has a new home and we're drafting JT in the top 10 in dynasty startup drafts. That's how talented he is. And spare me, he can't catch the ball. No, he is not Christian McCaffrey. He is not that type of receiving weapon out of the backfield. I always say there's a difference between being able to catch the ball out of the backfield and being able to be utilized as a receiving weapon. CMC is a receiving weapon. Jonathan Taylor can catch the ball out of the backfield and he will do that. He is not going to be, I don't, I don't think he's going to be underutilized in that role a la Derrick Henry. I do think he's a guy, a candidate who can have 30 receptions a season, 40 receptions in a year. Hell, we never thought Leonard Fournette was going to be a hundred target player, but look what he did with that increased, with that increased opportunity in the passing game. Jonathan Taylor's a stud. He's talented. He's durable. He's athletic. He's in a great situation. He has the draft capital. JT, my number one ranked skill position player. At number two, let's dive back into the 2021 class. And we are going to talk about Clemson's rising junior T-Law, Trevor Lawrence, 6'6", 220 pounds, back-to-back over 3,500-yard passing seasons, back-to-back 65% completion percentage, back-to-back seasons with over 30 touchdown passes. What's more to say about Trevor Lawrence? He is one of the best quarterback prospects that we have seen since who? Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, one of the best high school prospects of all time. Trevor Lawrence is just a rock-solid cornerstone quarterback if he were in any startup draft right now i guess after mahomes jackson 
maybe Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray. I think you'd see Trevor Lawrence's name called right now in dynasty startups. That's how talented he is. That's how much people believe in him. He should be locked and loaded the one-on-one in NFL drafts next year, locked and loaded one-on-one in super flex drafts. In 2020, I actually had the conversation where I would not have taken a quarterback one-on-one even in super flex formats with Jonathan Taylor, with Edward Lair there. there. There's no way I was taking two or bar- burrow over those two players. I'm not going to have that argument next year. If you pass on Trevor Lawrence, good luck, shame on you, and you'll be kicking yourself in the ass for the next 15 years because he is that type of quarterback. He is fantastic in the pocket. He can make plays outside of the pocket. And to be honest with you, that's something that I enjoy the most about his game. A lot of people look at him and they think, well, maybe he's just a statute quarterback, pocket passer. He had over 100 carries and 500 rushing yards last season. Now, while that isn't what we want to see him do consistently, nobody wants to see him taking those type of hits. Trevor Lawrence is athletic, and when he's in the open field, he can move. He's going to put on a show at the combine. I think he's a 4-6 type runner, so he's got that speed. If the pocket breaks down, he can beat you to the edge. He can pick up yards. You get that kind of baked in, you know, two, 300-yard rushing yard season out of your quarterback, plus having the accuracy and the ability to push the ball downfield. I mean, T-Law, nobody is a sure thing, but if we're going to call a quarterback a sure thing, I think Trevor Lawrence is that guy in the 2021 class. There's really not a lot to talk about here, but in super flex formats, I'm I'm taking T-Law over all of those positional players that we talked about. He is my number two ranked player in my cornerstone rankings. And at number one, Kyler Murray, the second year quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, my number one ranked player in my cornerstone rankings, taking him over JT, taking him over Rondell Moore, taking him over Trevor Lawrence and Miles Sanders and Josh Jacobs and all of those guys. He is a top four dynasty quarterback for me. Probably number three, now that Dak didn't get that deal, I'd go Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and then Kyler Murray in Dynasty Startups. He's that talented. He's that good. He's in an offense that just got DeAndre Hopkins. So while Nuke's outlook might be a little shaky because it's a new team in a first year with these Cardinals organization, that's just another weapon for Kyler Murray to distribute the ball to. Another year in the NFL, another year in Cliff Kingsbury's system. Hopefully they can improve that offensive line. He gives you the rushing upside. He's a dynamic dynamic thrower of the football. I really don't know what else there is to say. I want Kyler Murray over T-Law. I want Kyler Murray, like I said, over everybody except Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. He's that talented. He's that good. And Cliff has built his, his team around Kyler. And it's just funny to see the evolution of Murray, who prior to the 2019 draft, everybody was like, he's too small to get drafted. There's no way I would do that. The Cardinals just took Josh Rosen in the first round. There's no way they would take Kyler Murray. And with the first pick in the 2019 NFL draft, the Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. You damn right you select Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray is a beast and they would have been foolish to pass on him. Kyler Murray, Again, I don't know what else there is to say. Kenyon Drake, I guess I can say that. Maybe once they get him a tight end, probably in 2021, Brevin Jordan, Fryer, Meath, Kyle Pitts. Oh my gosh, that would be outstanding to see them in Arizona to just give him the final soul stone in the infinity gauntlet with Nuke and Christian Kirk and one of those tight ends and 
Kenyon Drake. I mean, it, it's wheels up for Kyler Murray. And I would not be shocked to see a Lamar Jackson type season. Not from the rushing. Not He's not going to rush for a thousand yards, but I'm talking about him just elevating that team. You know, is he going to bring them to Super Bowl contention? Probably not. I mean, a team had a lot of holes on the defense, have a lot of holes up front, and then they're playing in a division with the Seattle Seahawks, the San Francisco 49ers, you know, who are just in the Super Bowl. But I definitely think he can push them to the playoff spot and, and really kind of put his name on the map as one of those top quarterbacks in the NFL. Kyler Murray's a talented player. And when you're talking about the 2019 class, the 2020 class and the 2021 class, he is my number one ranked player of all of those classes combined. So just a quick recap at number 12, Rondell Moore, class of 2021, University of Purdue, CeeDee Lamb at 11, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver. At 10, J.K. Dobbins, the newest member of the Baltimore Ravens. At number nine, DK Metcalf, second year wide receiver from the Seattle Seahawks. At number eight, DeAndre Swift, incoming rookie for the Detroit Lions. At number seven, Josh Jacobs, the second year player from the Las Vegas Raiders. At six, the incoming rookie Clyde Edwards Elaire of the Kansas City Chiefs. At five, second year player Miles Sanders, running back Philadelphia Eagles. At four, second year player AJ Brown, Tennessee Titans wide receiver. At number three, Jonathan Taylor, incoming rookie, Indianapolis Colts. At Number two, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Clemson, class of 2021. And at number one, Kyler Murray, number one overall pick in 2019, quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. That's it. That's the show. That is the show. I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you stopping by. If you have yet to subscribe to the Destination Debbie podcast, Destination Debbie YouTube channel, make sure you do that. Smash that thumbs up button. If you like the content, give me a like. And if you want access to the full top 100 cornerstone rankings, patreon.com forward slash all gas. Join the best, I'm telling you, the best Debbie rookie draft prep community in fantasy football. You get unfettered access to me, unfettered access to a community, bunch of cool stuff going on. Once again, patreon.com forward slash all gas. I appreciate y'all stopping by, man. Appreciate you stopping by, tuning in, checking in. You guys know what it is. Hustle, motivate, catch you next time. Peace.